another episode Behind the Vinyl with Darren and Nicholas. What's that sound? Good morning. Listen to that. How you doing? Portland. Right on. Good, mate. Good. How are you? Nice to see you. I'm doing very well. Nice to see you as well. Yep. Um, we, we actually did interview you once before when you come through uh, to oh, lovely man. Stockholm. You look familiar. Yeah. <laughs> so do you. Was yeah. was it was were they serving chicken backstage? They were serving chicken. We have to had to walk up a, a lot of stairs, and they were serving chicken, which I understand you you quite enjoyed. It was really good chicken. I wasn't. <laughs> my expectations were not high, and and it, it turned out to be fabulous. <laughs> Love it. Hey, um, we, we had a really nice chat. Oh, mate, it was a couple of weeks back with um, Mike Varney, the lovely Mike Varney. Oh, right on. So uh, he, had a, he had a lot of good yeah, things to say. Ah, she was grabbing onto my pants. Of course. She looks like a little leopard with the spots on it. Nothing. Her. Yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> what, what, what guitar you got there? This is an Ibanez uh, Roadstar uh-huh. from the, let's see, it's made in 1984. Oh. I, I put some DeMarzias in it. The whammy bar. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool whammy. Yep. I, I, I put the, uh, I put my, my, my slide modification on it, so. <laughs> Oh, it's ready for anything. Love it. Nice. Love it, love it, love it. Oh, man, there's like a wall of guitars in the background. That's They, they make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's a bunch over here. They're all, they're all over the place. How, how many do you have in total? How many do you I have at the house? Uh, uh, more than 50, less than 100. Wow. That's nice. good. Very nice. How many signature models out of that? How many are they variations of your signature model? I don't know. There's a lot. Um, in in the early Mr. Big days in Japan, they uh, they I've been as a Japanese company, so they um, they they really released a lot at that time, and they still release a lot now. So I'm I'm guessing there's it has to be twenty something something like that. I mean, you know, the differences are small. Like you know, one is red and one is white and one is blue, and so that they're um, it's not always a functional difference. It's more just like this is this year's color. Yeah. But uh, but some of them really are functional differences. You know, there's there's uh, actually you know this is not my signature model. It's just you know that, I, that's I, why I said what what is that yeah. you're playing? Because yeah. I'd expect you to hold your signature model, but you're not. <laughs> well, I, I got to have fun. You know. Uh, <laughs> I found the website called Reverb where you can buy a lot of used gear. And I've been going back and finding all the Ibanez's that they made in the 80s that I never knew about. There's some really cool ones. Yep, yeah. I love your signature model. The um, I love Icements. The, the Ibanez Icements is such oh, yeah. a cool guitar. You know, Absolutely. such a cool, cool guitar. There's a, a, yeah. a white fireman with, with some, uh, what do you call those, P90s or soap bars? Yeah. This is, a, this is a pretty good one. Let's put that one in. I don't know if it's in tune. Let's find it. 
Sounds all right. It's working. It's what it definitely is. I, I, I think I read once where because um, you're a big guy, you know, you're what are you six three, six, six four, six six three ish. I, I used to be six four, but my feet got a little bigger, and my height came down an inch. I think it was when I started doing Japanese style in the house with no shoes, so like the the, the arch in my foot flattened out, so my my foot got a little bigger and I got a little shorter. So now I'm six three. All right, wow. that's pretty funny. I, I read, I read somewhere because you've got big hands too. You've got massive yeah. hands. I, I read somewhere that you, um, you actually think it's, it's not the importance of having big hands. It's not for the, for the stretch. It's more for the, uh, you know, the, the overgrip, especially your yeah. thumb. You know, hooking your thumb over. Yeah. I, I never even thought about it until I started teaching a lot, and 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 it surprised me. Like so many of my students were were, were playing with their guitars really high and playing kind of classical, which if you're playing classical, it's fine. But it would it would hurt. Nobody would have good vibrato. You know, they wouldn't be able to go you know, and then really shake a string around. Or you know. and and also just there's a lot of muting stuff that goes on where you can sort of bang away at the guitar. And you're able to control the noise with with by having the left the thumb over and. And everybody was like real careful, and they couldn't do that. And and I I would just watch it go like, what? Why can I do that? And they can't. And I mean, there's there's you know, Angus Young is amazing. He's a little guy, so I don't think it's all in the big hands. It's more just going for it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it's 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 a style thing, you know. I mean, it, it's it's you know, I, I'm always I'm 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 basically trying to sound like 1972. Right. You know. I, <laughs> You know, you know, you can get up to about Machine Head, and you can just stop there. You know, <laughs> didn't Jimi Hendrix play like that as well? Using his oh, sorry, thumb. That? Didn't Jimi Hendrix play with his thumb like that as well? He had big hands as well. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at you know Hendrix, uh, Richie Blackmore, Brian May, Ingve, Eddie Van Halen, you know, just it's uh, anybody who's a who's a bender. You know, I mean, that's probably. This probably that means something else, but yeah. <laughs> anybody who bends strings a lot is going to have the that, that, that's, that's I'm over, and it's it's more like the post Metallica kind of uh, you know like shred people where they stick getting the guitars up high, and there, there's some great music like that too. You know, I mean, you you can play music without bending, and it's still music, and it, but um, you know that's just that's what I grew up with. I grew up with 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 players that had that element of blues and so much of blues is about bending and trying to like imitate a singer with a guitar and it's a lot easier to do that if you're gonna if you can bend a string yeah another another big thing about your playing and you can really hear it now that pick is so light you can hear the uh oh you yeah can, you can just hear that that the the give in that pick as you play I, I think that came from like seeing hendrix uh, doing, I mean, it's a, it, Steve Ray Vaughan kind of was born out of, out of the style of, of where, where Hendrix would do uh, like Killing Floor, 
Right. For the, the opening of Monterey Pop Festival, and he's doing like that. That's just this real, you know, it's, it's, it's like acoustic style almost where you're strumming. Yep. And, and, and if you don't, if you don't control that, you know, it's just, it's just a big mess. So, but, but it's so much fun. And, uh, this is, that's the thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not a particularly manly person, you know, I'm not, I'm not sporty. I can't play football, but it's, it's nice to have like one thing. Or I can put some physical energy into it. And I suppose the other thing is drums, because on this album I played a lot of drums. Man, yep. that was fun. You know, beating stuff with a stick. And so that's like my my two areas where I can kind of, you know, <laughs> I can be a manly man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that you mentioned exercise um didn't you buy your house in portland purposely like two two kilometers or three kilometers from the shop so that you you had to walk there you had to walk to get your coffee you had to something yeah, something like that yeah, right? i'm a horrible exerciser so I, I, I thought you know i'm getting older i needed some exercise of course you know the the lockdown is going to put a stop to that but um you know it's still, yeah I'm, I'm like three doors down from the grocery store and so i have to at least walk a little bit 
to, to, to get out. And, uh, you know, I used to ride my bicycle a lot more. Hope, hopefully, again, the you know, we'll get to the point where you don't have to wear a mask and I can ride my bike without having to. It's, it's kind of weird riding your bicycle with a, with a mask on. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, um, well, hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining Behind the Vinyl. Um, we, were, uh, we kind of threw it over to you, which, which record you want to do, and you picked Van Halen too. We kind of suggested, um, you know, one of the, the first solo records for Aussie. Um, and the, the only reason we suggested that is because um, I think we got it from Varney that you sent, the, um, you sent your cassette, you know, or your demo to Varney and kind of asked, hey, what about me being the new guitar player of, of uh, Ozzy's band yeah. after, after, after Randy died? Is that true? That, that, that is true. I mean, I, I was, you know, this is back when, you know, you couldn't just put your video on YouTube and, and hope, you know, that any, anybody in the world could see it. It was, and, and I was like, who can I contact? And I, again, you know, I, I knew I was 15. I knew it was impossible and unlikely and you know, I'm never going to get the gig. But I, I also knew that if I didn't try, it would bother me. Yeah. And that I'd just always be thinking like, what, what, what if you had tried and you'd got it? Wouldn't that be amazing? And I thought if, if I, I got to at least try so I could just stop thinking about it. And, you know, like I had like the, the, other, the other day I was given a lesson at my school and I was showing like. Uh, I learned a lot of those riffs. Yeah. Oh, harmonic thing that I, I I knew a lot more then, but uh, it, it Randy's some some of the stuff was harder to copy because the, the compositionally it was more classical and that was a little beat that was a little more sophisticated than I was ready for. Hmm. You know, there was a key, there were keyboards and and uh, you know the, the Van Halen stuff. Eddie was certainly sophisticated. It was more blues, pentatonic. I could I could just figure it out a little more easily. Yep. Um, and 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 you know, just Eddie came before, so I, I was a little you know, not that I was ever going to replace him either. But the uh, <laughs> you know, stuff from Van Halen. I mean, I'm happy to talk about either one. But um, I suppose the other thing was with with, with Randy. I, I was fortunate enough to see him play live two times. Um, and and both of those experiences seeing him live were so much better and more intense than the, than the recordings. So I remember, I mean, I liked the album. I thought, I thought Blizzard of Oz was a cool album. But when I saw it live, I was like, oh, man, this is the, the live show. would just blew the album away. Uh, Diary of Man was like, seemed, seemed like a little more like better feel a little more live sounding recording, but still like, and there was a, a radio show called the King Biscuit flower hour. Yes. Used to, you know, I, I had a couple, you know, one or two Aussie recordings on that. And, uh, and those I probably listened to more than the albums because the, you know, Randy really, uh, it was just the, the energy that he had when he was playing live that I liked more than the studio stuff.
Well, let's 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 start with that, Highland, and and um, you know we're going to go everywhere with this. Um, when did you discover? Because you're a first day. We understand you're a first day buyer of Van Halen too. But when when did you when did you find Van Halen? When did you discover Eddie? That was uh, my my uncle, who was a, a really pro level guitar player. Um, said he said I, I bet you'd like this this band called Van Halen. And I had seen my uncle, because he'd come over and visit once in a while, and my uncle had done... He, he was like, he was playing that on my acoustic guitar. And I just thought it was some cool thing my uncle did. And then I, I, I finally got the record, Van, the Van Halen record. I was like, that's that thing my uncle was doing. You know, so you know, he never told me that that was Van Halen. You know, I just, but I recognized it. So I think a lot of people, when they got that record, they heard the tapping stuff. And they they're like, what? You know, that's just impossible. And I already I, I kind of knew already what it was. I couldn't do it, mm. but at least at least I had a, a clue. You know, oh, that's the thing where my uncle had his finger. You know, I kind of remembered it from that. And uh, but to me, it was just like the feel of the band. And when you know, we'd play two chords. There was such an intensity to that. And and Alex, you know, his his hi hat was way open, and it was, you know, because like the productions then, like you know, I was into rock, so I was listening to like, you know, if you hit like a Ted Nugent record, yeah. you know, it it would be like, you know, and you can tell that the producer like made everybody be a little careful, you know, because like oh, we're gonna double track this, so you can't, you know, don't do anything unpredictable because we're going to double check it and that the hi-hat was like you know kind of like the cars or something yeah and so it was it was still a great record and and of course you'd go see ted live it'd be amazing but the, the records themselves the, the production style same thing with like cheap trick you know it'd be it'd be a cool record but then you know bunny would have to tick, 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 and then live you know so but van halen sounded live on the record and so they, it really stood out. I remember. I just remember whenever a Van Halen song would come on the radio, it'd be like, "Whoa, this is a whole different level of energy than all these bands where the producers made them kind of soften up." Yeah. So uh, it, it's it's funny you say that because it's the same producer on on the first six Ted Nugent yeah. records and 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 the first couple of uh, Cheap Trick records. It's actually the same producer, Tom Werman. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and anyway, I, I listen to those records now. I love them, but Amazing. You know, there, was, yeah. there was a difference. And uh, it was I mean, actually it's funny because if you listen to like the the Van Halen demos that Gene Simmons produced, yeah, that sounds like the typical production of the time. And Alex has to tighten up, and Eddie's sort of like being careful, and and they and it's it's no good, you know. It doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't have the magic that Van Halen had when when Ted Templeman or you know however it happened just went like you guys just do it, you know, pick a beer and go for it. And uh, so, so it, was, it was mostly just that energy that that I, that I dug so much because it sounded like they were playing live, and chances are they were. Yeah, they, they kind of had the best of everything, you know. They had with, with Eddie, like one of the greatest guitar players of of all time, and and innovative, and so on and so forth. But also Alex, just amazing. Michael Anthony, amazing, and David Lee Roth, you know, the the greatest showman, you know, especially at that time, and and. One thing everyone talks about Eddie Van Halen these days of being this, you know, the uh, the ultimate guitar hero, but really they just had great fucking songs, you know. Yeah, that's really what it come down to. 
Yeah. yeah well, it uh, and 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 David Lee Roth. It's funny to like it, you, if you read almost any Van Halen book. It, it always talks about like, oh, you know, Dave couldn't sing or, you know, he, he just he was so lucky that he could even be in the same band. And man, listen to his vocals. He's unbelievable. He, yeah. he's like, I, I tried to figure out the, the, the David Lee Roth vocals from Run With The Devil on guitar. Oh, so, okay. right. you, know, you have like you know, the guitar part. But the vocal line... I think I figured it on slide. And, and but then he starts doing that. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's just amazing and then the part where he goes god damn it baby I lied to you day what the hell that's so cool you know and, and, and what, what ended up happening is like I, I think because Eddie was such a virtuoso and like Angbe came out a lot of the and, and my fault too like you know from going to school there's a lot of guitar players started getting real scaly Right, you know, yep. Yep. and we, we we all studied kind of sounded like Bach harpsichord inventions, and I I love Bach, you know, you know that's, that's, that's beautiful stuff, but the the thing that Van Halen had was was a much more like blues based, just this screaming blues, amazing stuff that had a real loose quality to it but at the same time a, a total like grown-up control of it yeah and that, was, that was the thing that with, with eddie's guitar playing is like i mean there were great guitar players before him you know hendrix brian may you know just did blackmore so many uli roth but uh, a lot of the, the rock guitar players you'd sort of forgive them for stuff that like technically there was there wasn't quite in their control yet like, I mean, I, I'm the biggest Beatles fan in the world. I wouldn't change anything. But if you listen to, like, I, I've got a feeling, you know, the Beatles song. And there's a solo in it where, where all all that happens is, is, I don't know if it's George Harrison or John Lennon who's playing it, but it goes like. Something like that. And it, the vibrato is, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of like, like, if, like when a child paints a, a picture. You're not going to criticize the child who's like, oh, you know, you're not as good as, as, as Rembrandt. You know, it's, it's like, you know, ch ch child's drawings are beautiful and amazing, but they're technically not really developed. It's, it's you know, it's sort of cute. And yep. to me, a lot of the early rock guitar playing is sort of like that. It's almost like a kid's drawing, like, well, it, it's it's beautiful. I love it. I wouldn't change it. But it, but it's not grown up yet. You know, it's, it's not the work of an adult who's got control of, of, of their art. And Eddie was like an adult that had control of his art. Like there was, even when he was messing around and just going, you know, it was like there was an intention to it. And he, he was just playing it with, with so much control. And there was, you know, certainly you hear Brian May play. You know, he's, he's got that same level. I mean, you, you'd hear that from, from players. But Eddie was like that 
just magnified. He was like next level adult, grown up guitar player. You know, well, he, it's, it's always- he, he wasn't kids drawing anymore. singer and all that but i mean even ted templeman has said over and over again that van halen would never have been van halen if it wasn't for dave lee roth and his lyrics i mean he's a great lyric writer i mean the best the coolest well the, the, that's the thing if, if you want to if you want the proof as a guitar player go through and figure out some dave lines hmm. yeah, like I, I was the one who figured out uh the uh Just so soulful, yeah. Again, it's not scaly, and and you know, and and I, I love the you know Dio and the and the, and the, the you know the more like classical style operatic singing, but uh, you know, and, and obviously Dave, you know, he kind of peaked, 
And you know, if, if you look at the, he wasn't he wasn't able to keep that level for whatever right. reason because mm. you know he needed Eddie as as a as a as a you know co-worker or whatever it was. But uh, but that that era, you know, the nineteen seventy eight to nineteen eighty four. Yes, there was some awesome stuff. Well, you could you could stretch it a little bit longer when it comes to David Lee Roth. You could definitely stretch it to like nineteen eighty six or seven, whenever Edom and Smile come out. You know, because that yeah. was just that was yeah. that was a game changer. Oh, that was, was killer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so in regards to um, Van Halen two, um, how old were you when that came out? That was, I, th- I think, I was I was probably eleven or twelve. Yeah, probably like twelve, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, by that time, I, I listened to Van Halen one enough, where I was like, okay, you know, I can't wait for the next one. I was just so <laughs> so excited about it, and uh, so. But my my mom had a shop that was around the corner from a record store, so I, I, after school, I walked to her shop and, and I was first in line to get my copy, and uh, at, at at first. You know, I was a little disappointed because it, it, you know, it wasn't. It didn't seem to have the same level of fire, or the songs weren't quite as melodic. I mean, there's certainly great ones, but um, it, it ended up it ended up being an album that I that's I think just because of where I was as a guitar player and where I was as as a kid, it it, it meant so much so much to me because I was starting to get to the point where I could I could start to play some of the stuff where you know Van Halen one came out, you know, a couple of years or years earlier, and I couldn't play anything. You know, I just sort of you know, can sort of do some really simple version that really got me, you know, maybe a little bit of. But, you know, mo- most of it, I, I, it was just beyond me. Where uh, by the time Van Halen 2 came out, I started to be able to figure out some of the stuff. And actually, the, the first song that I really was my favorite song was DOA. I'm alone, I'm on my way. And, and so that, that just had great energy of Alex is right in the crassable the whole time. The, the, the solo is like almost nonsense. You know, it sounds like Eddie's going, like, well, I didn't have time to work anything out, but but whatever, I'll just go for it. <laughs> and, uh, and then the, the like the the light up the sky was just way beyond me. I don't know what was going on. I mean, the, the, the beginning is funny because it, it's it's like the kind of a ripoff of, of the of the bass part on the Deep Purple song "Pictures of Home." Right. Is yep. That, uh, and then they they do the sixteenth notes, but are they uh, on the Deep Purple? It's triplets, and I don't know. It's a different key. Uh, <laughs> So it's the, they, they just took that from Deep Purple. I'm guessing it's so similar. And then uh, and all the crazy chord changes. You know, right there, that's like the Todd Rundgren chord. You know, the we can't stand it. You know, so, um, but I, I guess the other stuff I was into, like, I mean, always, I always like their kind of ZZ Top influence, like the bottoms up. The... And that was, you know, or even hot for teachers, like total heard it on the X. You know, there's definitely if you listen to old bootlegs, they're, they're doing ZZ Top covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. And then, uh, 
All this other stuff on there. I mean, I, probably my favorite solo of Eddie's is that from uh, Out of Love Again. And that, that song taught me how to do this, the slide, that little, like, like introducing a note. You know, I remember going, oh, you can do a board. And that sort of gives it some, you know, gives it some extra fire. But then he does the Ace Freely chicken pick in that. I, I, I could never I, I've tried to copy that song note for note I just gave up it's like, album the first time i mean did you realize that the first song was a cover because that was van halen too i mean they 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 van halenized like you really got me and you're no good as well it took me i was a kid i think i heard this album sometime uh mid 80s i before that but uh it took me a while before i realized that you're no good was a cover yeah well i'd heard that on the the linda ronstad version so I, I, i knew it was a cover but it was really different like they, right. they kind of changed the vocal melody, and uh, of course they had that awesome, you know, 
and just and the dynamics. That was the thing that like Van Halen always had like the quiet middle section. So that, you know they come way down and then they bring it back up and it, the thing would explode. But that that one sort of started quiet and had that like real kind of sneaky. <laughs> You know, David Lee Ross singing the same thing, and and then all the you know the, the crazy sounds and the uh, I remember seeing that there was of course you know back then it was you know in order to see a band live you actually had to see them live it was like pre MTV um, but they did have this one clip that on TV of them playing uh, Dance the Night Away with it. <laughs> And I had no idea he was doing that until I saw it on TV. I was like, oh, my God, that's the thing, you know. And <laughs> so it worked out, you know, that, that was really exciting. I remember just, like, running up to my bedroom so I could... And, and then, then that opened up Women in Love, you know. Well, what key is that? Something like that. Uh, the, the lost art of the trill. Then he was great. You know, the whole soul is a trill solo. <laughs> love it it's great so, so talking about some of those things like the the looseness of it how much did you bring into that when you started creating music like that looseness because like for, for for instance you you've done some work with kevin shirley and yeah. that's the complete opposite i think you know he's he's a lot more structured right and like kind of paint between the lines so to speak in regards oh. to production with, with with me, Kevin Kevin Shirley was like, you know, go for it and you know, get it, get it, play it with anger was was his quote. Right. Um, with with Kevin Elson, the, the, the original uh, singer or producer, of Mr. Big, that was more structured. Right. And you know, Kevin had had um, had worked a lot with Leonard Skinner as their live engineer, and also had done a lot of the Big Journey records as a, yep. a co-producer, and so. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think a lot. Actually, a lot of those Journey records were relatively live in the studio. I don't know if if Kevin trusted us as much as he did Journey to to sound good live. I think he th I think he heard us play, you know, Mr. Big, and he's like, I think they need a little bit of help. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, he 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 wanted to, and plus it was the '80s. Uh, that's yep. the, 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 in the '80s, you everybody was going for a little more like processed. Uh, you know, a lot of reverb on the snare kind of kind of production. So I remember with Kevin, we'd we'd play the song live, but then um, after that, we'd usually erase everything except for the drums and then replay it. And uh, so it was it, it took longer, it was a little more tedious process. With Kevin Shirley, we went and just played, and uh, that's I definitely prefer that in most cases. Uh, it, it depends on well you know the song, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
to guitar players would, would Eddie be at the top of the list for influencing you do you think yeah it, it, uh, because of, of how great he was but also just because of how old I was yep uh, and you know that was like my those were like my guitar tutorials you know whenever when, when Van Halen album would come out it'd be like okay well this is what I gotta learn and I mean for example I learned my finger picking from Eddie from like the uh from you know little guitars you know later on I get from Angus though but that's you know all my finger picking came from Eddie and Angus um yep. of course the two-handed stuff you know the, the I don't could roll my sleeves up for, for <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, a lot of times, the, like the, the solos, I couldn't really figure out because they were so free form. Hmm. And you know, this is before you could slow stuff down with 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 a computer. So you, you would just blow past you on the vinyl. You go. How am I ever going to do it? I just figure out, okay, it's in B minor, and then do my own thing. You know, just sort of get an, a, a, an approximation with, with hopefully the spirit of it. Yeah. But I, I could never get note for note. And, but the rhythms I, I, would, I would work on. You know, so I'd, I'd try to get, uh, like, somebody give me a diagram. <laughs> And that was and that was such a cool way. It had so many little parts to it, you know. That, again, that slide. And that he'd you know kept really good vibrato on the chords. The same thing. You know, he'd be given he'd be vibrato in the chords, which is so cool. Yeah. Or, um, what was the other rhythms on there? Dio, I light up the sky. Oh, well, Spanish Fly. I mean, that, that I used to use as like like a physical warm-up. Because, you know, I was trying to be athletic, so that whole ending. <laughs> when you do two, your sleeve gets in the way. 
I got the wrong note. I don't know, of course, if the heat is with that. But um, yeah, yeah, I used to use that. And then the, the kind of snarly, like like an angry dog playing. You know. <laughs> like that, that to me was like, I really wanted to get that. Yeah. And that, that, I, that, that was my, like my whole teenage existence, but I would just sit around and go. <laughs> that was sort of like, that was my main thing that I would do in a solo and then, you know, add things on. But that, um, it's hard to get that to come out clear. And right. you, have to be, you, have to, you have to be really loud. <laughs> yeah. I, I was always, I was always fascinated uh, when I learned that they actually started out on that. Eddie started out on drums and, and Alex started out on guitars. And I always thought, I, I wonder would have, what would have been if they kept, playing that initial instrument <laughs> yeah they, they they obviously you know made a pretty good choice yeah <laughs> but uh who, who knows it's but it's, it's funny like when when eddie played without alex which didn't happen very often but uh you know like the beat it solo or you know he'd do once in a while do like a, tel a tv appearance on a talk show or something to me like almost all, like so much of his magic was gone mm. Uh, like I know, you know, to beat the, the the solo on "Beat It" is legendary, and everybody loves it. It's one of my least favorite solos, not because of, of that, there's anything wrong with the solo, because Alex isn't there, right? And, and to have Eddie playing over this, I mean, and the, the drums are fine, but they're just not the same style, you know. Instead of this this big bashing away thing, it's like it's like you know, <laughs> it's, it's to me, it's, and, and it it might. I don't know. I, 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 when I, I remember when I when I first heard "Beat It" on the radio, I wasn't even paying attention. It just came on, and it, it, the song didn't grab me. But I, you know, so I was doing uh, eating lunch or something, and the solo came on. And I'm like, man, who's ripping off Eddie? <laughs> like, like, I, 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 it didn't it didn't seem possible that it really was him because I thought, you know, it's like somebody doing all his licks, but like, the, there's no the life isn't in it. And I later I realized like the life is Alex. Yeah. Like that's that's what that's what like what Eddie's standing, that's the mountain that Eddie is standing on, is is is, is his brother. Yeah. So you know when when you hear him play without Alex, it's like, yeah. <laughs> but with Alex, it's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. That that solo in the, that solo in Beat It was actually uh the first time Richie Kotzen heard uh, heard Ed Van Halen. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I feel old then you know, <laughs> and I was like you know ah oh, that's no good you know I'm a purist you know yeah <laughs> but, but, but by that time I had like my, my Pasadena Civic bootleg oh you know, on, on cassette you know Michael Anthony going Templeman we love you man you know and, and <laughs> figuring out the uh, like the live version the live fills on somebody get me a doctor where Eddie's doing the which is where I got addicted to that rush you know? yeah, so that's me just trying to do 
you know, Eddie's live version of somebody get me a doctor from the Pasadena Civic bootleg. When did when did you first get to see um, Van Halen live? On the on the second tour for for the oh for you the, did yeah Van Halen too. Wow! It was a it was a it was a theater, so you know relatively small venue, but I had really bad seats, so I had my binoculars, and I was just watching Eddie's hand. Like I wanted to see like what position he was playing some stuff in. So like somebody get me a doctor. I'm like, is it, is it down here? Is it there? And and you know I was just that was the only way you could find out. So I was just watching like a like a hawk, you know, with my, with my binoculars, trying to figure out where, what position he's playing his chords in. And uh, but they were amazing, and, and and they were running the whole time. Like there was him, Eddie and Alex. I'm sorry, Eddie and Michael. Yeah, you, you couldn't even tell who's was supposed to be on which side of the stage because it was this constant running back and forth. And uh, you know, Roth was amazing. It was, it was you know unbelievably exciting. Yeah. How, how important was it then? Like, um, I don't think we've ever asked anyone this, but um, let's just say with the ladies or something like that. Nowadays, rock music is not so cool. You know, it's it's not really, it, you know, it's not 
played on the radio. It's not in the mainstream press. But back then, you had the you know the coolest band in America was this this fucking rock band with this amazing guitar legend. You're a young kid playing guitar and and competent at the guitar. How how did that affect you at school and 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 that? Were you like the cool kid that in school? <laughs> well, the um. The, the kids in, in, in my high school, they didn't really know Van Halen until 1984. Right. Like when, 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 when Jump came out, then, all, then everybody knew Van Halen. Before then, it was just like me and, my, and a couple of musician buddies. And then the older kids would, would, would know. But, you know, I, I, mean, I was, you know, 12 or something. So, but that was, that's who I hung with. You know, everybody, all my friends were musicians. So, uh, I mean, we weren't very good musicians, but we, <laughs> that, that's what connected me to the, the, my friends at school was like other kids who, who like listen to records or, or play guitar a little bit. And uh, actually, I remember I, I, I quit my first band because the drummer kept messing up the fill at D, in DOA. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it comes in on the offbeat. You know, it's like one and two and three and four and one and ba, da, ba, ba. And he kept coming on the downbeat. It's like one and two and three and four. And da, 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 da. Like, no, it's not. And I, and I couldn't explain it because I you know, didn't have the terminology yet. I, I just knew that it was wrong. I was like, I, don't, I can't play with this guy anymore. It's just, he, he, he blows, if he blows that fill, I'm, I'm out of here. And, uh, you know, it was two years before I found another drummer. <laughs> well, also, I mean, a song like DOA, I mean, uh, for me, uh, a Swede, um, and that's so funny, like with music and words and lyrics that, you know, I had to, I guess I, I my, my mother was an English teacher, so I guess I went and asked her, what the hell is, does DOA mean and, yeah. and stuff like that. And you actually, that's when I think back about it, um, I learned so much from just like reading lyrics and reading song titles and and stuff like that back in the day, back in the 80s. It's yeah, was well, your English is great. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of times I couldn't even understand. I mean, you know, of course, now you can Google stuff and yeah. I'll, I'll go like, that's what they were saying. Uh, no idea. <laughs> and it would be like the chords, like, and, and light up the sky. What was it? Um, Oh no, no, no. Oh, ben, yeah, yeah, oh, it was an open your eyes, leave it all behind. I had no idea. It was like, be there on the hide. Like, I couldn't figure out what they were saying. But, it, but the, the emotion was there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of my, I mean, you know, the, the, maybe my favorite lyric, just in terms of like, that sort of like shocked me was uh, in Sinner's Swing, which is. And it was uh, she looks so fucking good, so sexy and yeah. so. And I was like, oh, <laughs> did they say that? You know, that was, that was kind of a or, or dirty movies, of course. Who's that man from the bubbling channel? So so rhythmic. Yeah.
I, I always loved in in everybody wants some. Um, he says, oh, what is it? Um, yeah, I I like the the little way the little runs up. Well, the, I know, the, the back of the side. Oh, yeah. don't take it off. Don't take it. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more to the right. Yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing was like David Lee Ross somehow, you know, he he was genuine and and that he he was able to do that and be all right. That and then like other, you know, people you know when like when the local band would copy that song and the, and the singer would have to do that. It, it, it wouldn't, nobody could copy that. It would just, you no. know, you know no. maybe Vince Neil a little bit, you know, but you, you know, nobody else. And everybody of course tried cause that was popular. So and you'd just be like, Oh geez, you know, <laughs> my singer sounds horrible doing this. You can't get it. You, if, if you're not David Lee Ross, don't try. You know? Oh, <laughs> true. True. Another important thing about this, I'm just looking at some um, some people involved. Uh, Niels Loisauer, the photographer, yeah, you know, he he's also pretty instrumental in their early career. Just you know, through their um, through the perception, through the way they looked, the image that they portrayed. You know, it's he's, you know some of those early photos really portrayed the party, yeah. the, the party band image, so to speak. Yeah. Well, to, to me, what I. I, I had the good fortune of working with Neil a bunch of times. And if, if there's a kindred spirit to David Lee Roth, I would imagine it would be Neil's Lozauer. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they both have a, a, a way of looking at the world, a way of speaking that, that to me is, is very connected. Uh, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. And also, you know, not everybody could do it. You know, <laughs> I, 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 lo- I love both of them. I don't know. I don't. I've met David Lee Ross for, you know, five minutes, but uh, I, I know Neil better. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm 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 more of a math nerd, you know. But but I love I love that emotion. I, I love you know getting up close to it with my guitar. But uh, man, you know, they're on at a whole other level. <laughs> I, I remember I remember asking Neil when I interviewed him several years ago, and I asked him, okay, you. You've you've been out on the road. You've you've shot all these bands. You know, uh, when it comes to debauchery, which was the worst band ever? Was it like Guns N' Roses or Motley Crue? And he said, without a doubt, Van Halen. Yeah. The stuff that went on on the 1984 tour, you know, they they blew everybody out of the water. And <laughs> and he also said that of all the guys in Van Halen, Alex was just like the crazy one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things, I mean, this has not, not so much to do with that, but one of my favorite things about Alex was the way that, that David Lee Ross said his name. Right. Which is like, you know, if you do the drum solo and then David would come, Alex Van Halen! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't do that to every name. You know, some no. names don't roll roll off the tongue the same way, but somehow, like, when you, when you say Alex's name with, with David Lee Ross style, it sounds so good. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. You know, you couldn't and, do that with a Robert Frippa. You know, <laughs> fly the same way. Um, you you're still you're teaching a lot nowadays, right? You, you're yeah. still teaching a lot. Yeah, I've got online. I've got my online uh, school at Artist Works. Gotcha. How, how many how many of the students, a younger breed, coming through? How how many of those still hide, hold Eddie in high regard? Oh, I think every everybody. Um, yeah, I mean that's it's it's part of the style. You know, he's a he's a pillar of of the of, of the the building of of rock guitar. Uh, it's 
I mean, when when Eddie first came out, like it really was like everybody in the music store, you know, just trying to just trying to tap, and and that's that. I don't see people do, doing that as much anymore. Um, but I don't I don't know. Like when when I when I teach, I'm I'm so focused on like basic musical elements that it's sort of beyond. It it, it doesn't really get into like this guy's style or that guy's guy's style as much as it is like. Uh, we we just gotta take you know uh, we gotta play in time. Yep. Yeah. And for, for that, uh, I mean, like one of, one of the best exercises is like uh, space trucking to be able, like stomp your foot on every beat. You know, you stomp and you play. And you know, it's not it's not some exotic scale, and it's not. You know, hard. It's not a hard technical thing, but to be able to play that and, and get the groove across. Yeah. Because I, I tend to pe- teach people like actually less about guitar and more about being a musician, and you know how to how to play with a drummer. You know, if Alex Van Halen comes into your life, he's not going to like you unless you can lock in with him. You know, and and that's uh, and it's kind of surprises me. I, I thought that people would would have that more together, but that that ends up being like a really widespread weak point yeah and uh, for, for whatever reason well is, is that because predominantly the you know the the guitarist is the bedroom guitarist you know when they start to learn they're they're so, spending so, you know, so many hours it, yeah. it might be because i'm the teacher and people who are interested in me because you know i'm known for the widdly widdly stuff and so they probably come like oh i want to learn some widdly widdly and the, the kind of person that wants to learn widdly widdly may not have any interest in me and like playing a groove Mm. And I, I remember I was, I was doing uh, on on a previous tour. I was doing like VIP lessons, and you know people would come during the sound check, and, and and I'd jam with them. And and this one guy, it was in uh, like Czech Republic or something. And the uh, the guy the guy came backstage, and we were, we were playing, and he was really good. And I was, I was going like, man, this guy's got like one of the best senses of, of rhythm. You know, really locked in. And I said, "Who are you in? You know, who who do you listen to?" And he's like, "Oh, the Chili, the chili Peppers." And like, I, I'm not I'm not really a big Chili Peppers fan, but I love what they did to this guitar player. Like, like he he, what whatever you know his his what he took from the Chili Peppers was really good. Like he he could play in time, his sense of time, his sense of rhythm was amazing. And uh, you know, and and a lot of times when you listen to somebody who's into Ingve, you know, they, they, maybe they know some scales, but they they you know they can't go you know, they, they, and and that's really I, I mean maybe you can have music without that but it's pretty hard <laughs> yeah yeah At some that, point, that was, with 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 Eddie Van Halen I was I mean I'm no I I play no instruments absolutely no guitar but when it comes to Eddie Van Halen what I always felt also was that he had a warmth to his sound um that a lot of other guitarists didn't have uh, like, for instance, like Ingve. I've never been a big Ingve fan, but uh, Eddie Van Halen had just, I don't know, it, it was um, just a, a different sound, different sound. Yeah, it's, it's got, well, one of the first things that, that I got excited about Eddie's playing was his, his, his muting on the bridge. Was like a... And being able to make that, that note like low and chunky. Where in like punk rock and stuff, you tend to open it up more, and it just becomes more trebly. I mean, I love that too. I love 
the Stooges and MC5 and the Ramones and the Pistols and you know that, that stuff's great. But Eddie had that, you know. That, that muted thing that and, and like Metallica will have that too, you know. So that it's there's a you know they 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 overlap, but you're you're right. Like Eddie had the, he did a lot of the muting stuff so well that it's it's not just it's not just jagged teeth. You know, there's there's right. there's there's some fur too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Did did you ever get to meet Eddie? I did. Uh, he, uh, I, I had used his guitar tech for for a Mr. Big tour, oh, and uh, and Rudy Laren. And so uh, at the end of the tour, uh, Rudy said, "Hey, I, I think Eddie might want to borrow one of your Laney. I was using Laney at the time. So I, I think he'd like your Laney amp. Can I can I lend it to him so he can check it out?" Like uh, I said, "Sure, I'd be an honor." You know, man, Eddie Van Halen trying my amp. I can't believe it. And so. Uh, you know, we were off tour for a while, so I, it was, you know, all my stuff would have gone into storage anyway. So Rudy lent my amp to Eddie, and I don't know, you know, three months went by, and you know, this is the day when you still communicated before email, so you know, people yeah. still called each other on the phone. And one day my phone rings, and it was Eddie, and I'm like, oh my god, Eddie Van's on the phone, and uh, and he said, yeah, I, I got your amp, and you know, do you want it back? <laughs> and I said, well, no hurry, but you know. Sure. And at the time I was living in Las Vegas. So he said, well, you know, if, if you ever come to LA, you know, give me a call and come on over to the studio. I was like, <laughs> well, yeah. so the, the next time I was in LA, I called him up and said, well, you know, what are you doing? Can I, can I come over and hang out? And he said, sure. You know, so I, I went over and we, I, I wish we, you know, somehow we had like picked up guitars and jammed, but we, we didn't, we just played each other music. Like I, I had, I had some demos and I played it for him and he had demos and he played it for me. And the, the, the coolest thing was, was uh, it was right when, when Sammy was out of the band. Oh, and, and, and so, you know, Eddie was, he was, I could tell he was, he was worried about it. You know, he was like, man, you know, well, well basically here's what, here's the vibe I got. I, I got the sense that Eddie wanted to convince himself that it was, that it was a good idea that Sammy was gone. He he wanted to feel good about that decision, and so in order to feel good about that, he 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 wanted to kind of say like, yeah, Sammy's not so good anyway. So so the the way he did it was he said he said check this out, and he played me a, a like an unreleased Van Halen track with Sammy on it, and it, it sounded great. You know, he, he played it. I'm like listening to it, going, wow, I get to hear an un, unreleased Van Halen song. This is amazing. And uh, but then and then after that was over, Eddie said, well, now check this out, and then he played me the same song. With with Sammy's vocal off, and instead of the vocal, it was Eddie playing the the vocal on guitar. Now I had never heard him do that. It's like a you know a Satriani thing, or or kind of like what I do now with my records, where I'm playing the vocal on guitar. And I'd never heard Eddie do that, and it was brilliant. You know, I mean, it's, uh, nothing not taking any away from the Sammy thing. I thought Sammy sounded you know flawless, but to hear Eddie playing a melody and, and him stepping into the shoes of the lead singer was really cool. You know, and at the time, like, you know, the person who would, who would do that kind of thing would be Satriani. Yeah. You know, Joe Satriani was, was like this, you know, he's being the lead singer on guitar or maybe Jeff Beck or Steve I, but to hear Eddie do it was like, whoa, this is, you know, I'd, I'd like to hear an album of that. And of course, you know, he never did. And that was never released. And, and, um, you know, I hope they do someday, 
but uh, that that was really cool to, to to hear that 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 thing that nobody's heard, you know, that and sort of I, I always I was always um, I, I felt it was such a shame that Eddie didn't wasn't more uh, productive during yeah. those like post Sammy years. You know, there's just like a decade would go by and there'd be nothing. I thought I, I know he's got the music in him, you know, but he somehow he needed that team. And and wasn't able to, or either, I mean, who knows why? You know, mm, any any yeah. any reason is just a guess. But uh, you know, it's a shame we didn't get more music from him because I'm sure it was in there, and for whatever reason, couldn't wasn't able to get it out. No. Well, Nick, yep. Nicholas and I've we've we've mentioned that a million of times. Eddie Van Halen and also uh, Jimmy Page. You know, yeah. we know yeah. we know these guys yeah. have got the music in them, but we, we struggle to understand why. You know, they're, they're so musical, how they could have gone so long without being creative. Yeah. Or maybe John Sykes. Yeah. John Sykes as well. Yeah. 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 Well, Eddie, the, the, only thing, the only thing that Eddie really did was uh, Fleet Street with, with Brian May. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Strange. It's, I mean, I, the, the, my theory is that he, he, to, to have to compete with your own legend yeah, and and to go like anything I do is going to be compared to Van Halen one, you know, and like, you know, what? <laughs> that's that that's a hard thing to like get up in the morning and go okay, you know, like, you know, but like Michael Phelps, the Olympic swimmer, you know, he learns you know eight gold gold medals or whatever, and then you know, okay, now what do I do? You know, it's like it, it, it's really hard to you know to compete with yourself, but yeah. I think that's that was the barrier that, that he couldn't get past and. Uh, you know, for, for that, that's I, I feel it, it's it's funny, but I, like I, I I feel fortunate, and that the music I've done, I like I like some of it, but it, but I'm not like a, I don't feel like I've created such a you know an, an incredible piece of you know the, the albums I've made aren't so incredible that they're not I, I don't have a chance of rising to that level again. Like <laughs> I, I still feel that my best work is in front of me. You know?
Well, yeah, right. you've got it. You've yeah. got a really nice catalogue. Let's let's touch on that quickly. You've got the Racer X stuff, uh, of course, the, the the Mr. Big stuff, and now, yeah. you know, you're on the verge of releasing your 16th solo record. You know, yeah. Werewolves of Portland. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Well, that, that, that nice view, and it's uh, it, it's you know, it, it's it's nice because you know, especially with rock music, almost everybody does their best stuff when they're you know younger than 30. Mm. And after that, you're you're just sort of lucky to get, you know, a new version of the old thing. And uh, for for whatever reason, I, I you know I, I've been able to kind of, you know, have find a new voice, like with you know a slide guitar and and you know a lot, a lot of the the melodies in the new record. You know, didn't just be able to get comfortable because that that really sounds different than you know. And and to have those both those voices available to work with, uh, and and other 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 stuff too. But you know, as, as a songwriter, to you know learn just learn all the Elton John chords and the Freddie Mercury piano chords and get them on the guitar and that having those tools. And, and I, I think it, it really is valuable that 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 my career has been pretty firmly mid level because you know if you, if you if you get up. You know, to that high level, it, it's. It, I think it, it's it, mentally, it, it can be really hard to deal with. Yeah, it, it can be that. Um, yeah, and I guess you kind of felt that a little bit, maybe with probably to be with you. You know, it could be a little bit um, claustrophobic in a way, kind of. You know, keeping you in. A, in you know, it's a blessing and a curse, maybe. Yeah. Well, I, I would say it, it wasn't to be with you specifically. It was actually the the early tours of Japan. Right. Okay. Yep. Like, right. Going to Japan and just doing these sold-out arena tours. We were, we're like, you can't leave the hotel because it's surrounded by fans, and that was odd. That was, you know, it was, it was wonderful. And you know, it's, 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 you know, you're, you tell yourself like, oh, this is the dream. But I remember we'd, we'd go home to like, you know, this is like when Pearl Jam Nirvana is coming out in America. We'd, we'd get back to the states and be like, you know, nobody cares about us at all. You know, we you know maybe a little bit of you know fan base remaining, but you know we're doing a, a small club tour at best, and uh, that was one. It was great for holding on to your sanity because you realize, like, you know, I, I get to put on a costume and be Batman, you know, in Japan, but you know, I come back and I'm I'm just the <laughs> boneheaded me that I'm used to. So, you know, if if, if it was all the time wherever you go. You're, you're Superman, you know, you start to believe you're Superman. Yeah. I, I just remembered that um, uh, Eric Martin was supposed to audition for Van Halen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there's, there's but, but uh, he chickened out. He chickened out. Well, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, was, I wasn't there. No. I, he told me, I, I remember interviewing him, that he just got, he, 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 he got the call, and then when he, I think he went up to the gate of, of the house or something, and <laughs> he, then he just couldn't do it. As I remember it, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know the details, but, the, but that's I like that story. I'll, 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 I'll stick with that one. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, are, are you, uh, uh, since the title of of your new album, uh, a big Warren Sevon fan? Uh, well, I like, I always like that song. Yeah. That's where, that's where it came from, and just because, I think because I was playing a lot of slide. The, you know, it was it just you know perfect for slide to do the howl you know and the, you know, 
it's, it's, it's like boneheaded as that is, you know, that's what a slide does. Yeah. So uh, that's sort of where the idea came from. And, uh, and I, you know, I just thought it was funny to like, you know, take out a famous city like Portland, I mean, like, like London, you know, a legendary city in the world. And then, you know, instead put in, you know, little old, nobody cares about it, Portland. <laughs> yeah, that's a good title. Is there any is there any standout songs from this that um, that um, stand out for you? Whether recording them or writing them? Oh, and, and, uh, and, and, and where, where we're for Paul? Where we're, yeah. Uh, well, I really like argument about pie. That uh, that that melody had been sticking with me for a long time, and it's a long melody, and that's that's what I liked. Um, like when I started listening to like the the later period Beach Boys stuff, like God only knows, which is long. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. It's like this long melody with no repeats. Yeah. And and so to have like make again in and all you made about pie. You can never get in and all you made about pie. So you made a good job, you said it's on. Yeah, you really have to try to get into any kind of argument. It's just a food unless you're good when it's all right. Now it's so sad. You know, then and then it keep, just keeps going on and on and on. So that that's to me that's like that's a success artistically to have this long melody that's like really a melody because the. Um, before when it, when I was when I was like more doing riff rock, you know, the melodies tend to be more like uh, you know like two notes back and forth with with, with a bluesy cool bluesy style. Yeah, you know, if you have like uh, uh, or, or I mean a, a great one, like maybe one of the best like kind of bluesy melodies that comes to mind is like I don't need no doctor. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But it kind of like it, it sort of swims around the same four notes. Yeah, and it's great. I wouldn't change it. It's not. There's nothing. It's, it, I mean, I love that song. Everything's good about it. But I, I just, I also love the more complex, like pop. Uh, you know, the post Sergeant Pepper, post Pet Sounds. You know, sort of prog pop stuff. And uh, it's the same thing with with um, what gives life meaning. What makes me want to get up in the morning? What makes me want to tell my friends that they've got to see this? Like an upside-down guitar from the guy in Kiss And when my love comes home. And, be able to, and then, of course, you know, I can't sing that high, but with guitar, well, it's a... And, 
and there's so much intention there. Like that's not a note that you would find if you're doing like scaly, you know, you know, the kind of like GIT influenced writing that I've done a lot in the past. Yeah. Um, and there's still some of that on there. I mean, like Werewolves of Portland, or no, which one? Uh, uh, Hello, North Dakota. You know, I've, I've got some things that I that came that I came up with as guitar exercises. You know, like. Uh, uh, yeah, that's just that's a little more. Or even though it was in Werewolves of Portland, the. Uh, well, those things are more picky, but uh, uh, it, but uh, it's just nice to have melody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> funny some of your 
you know, your um, your song titles. You know, I remember, and excuse my ignorance, a couple albums ago you had a, uh, a song about your car indicators, which was a magical song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 where where you're drawing influences from, it's it's great. Yeah, you know, and and if I remember, I think you doubled a, you know, a, a, something on the guitar that sounded like an indicator. Plus, I think it was your wife's car's indicator or something like that. It's <laughs> it, it, it's it's great. And sixteen studio records in, you know, it's it's amazing where you where you're pulling influence from and uh, where you're hearing music. You know, you're hearing music out of out of something an, an indicator from a car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you basically take all the music you've ever heard in your life. And my, my, my goal as a, as a guitar player is to be able to be fluent in that, in that language, both the, 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 the melodies, the chords, the, the, the rhythms, you know, because if, if you're not fluent, it, it's, it's going to bog down the process and then you can't, you can't really write with it. You have to, you have to be, you don't want to have to rehearse much. You know, you want to just have it. Okay. That's the idea. Let's play it. And uh, so, like you know, a song like um, "Argument About Pie," I probably couldn't have written that if I hadn't figured out the piano part of "We Are the Champions." Right. Yeah. All right. It, it's it's got chords that I learned from Freddie Mercury, and and I couldn't have learned I couldn't have played the vocal part if I hadn't figured out uh, like some kind of wonderful, you know. <laughs> So that that's your or even I guess the, the other thing that was really kind of a big deal was uh was was Little Wing, the, the Hendrix tune. Oh yep, yep, right. Yep. And, and you can you can almost get away and like Clapton's amazing at this, where, where he'll take like the simple guitar scale and he'll do the whole solo with the, with that tool. And he'll make it work. Like it really, you know, it, 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 it's, it's beautiful. And, you know, he, he's doing all the stuff to it, bending and, and using phrasing and stopping and starting and, you know, he's, he's doing it right. But, but if you, if you sort of take it to the next level and you try to outline the chords, you know, you, first of all, you open up a can of worms because, you know, the, the more tools, you, the more tools you give yourself, the more there is to get wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I started trying to like outline little wing with, and 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 to get deeper into the chord. So you know, as I follow each chord, I want to be able to hear the chord just from my solo, so, or like. Uh, I really, it's it. I'm not just like jamming, you know. Sort of in the same key, and I'm letting the band do the changes. Um, you know, I'm doing the changes. You know, I'm sort of, I'm sort of carrying more than one suitcase musically, and uh, that that's that's something that it, it's you know, it's it's really foreign to most rock players, and it's something that in like in Mr. Big, I never had to develop. 
because you know the, if uh, Mr. Big solo would, would be like okay E for sixteen bars, and just play you know go crazy in E, but to, but to be able to play and blues too, you know, blues has changes and yeah again you can sort of go either way you you can just you know play real basic things and get get away with it and it's there's nothing wrong with it and it's fine. But if you're willing to open up that other door and, and really play the changes, it's been, then it becomes more jazzy. <laughs> Uh, and I'm, you know, getting Eric Johnsony, but uh, yeah, just I mean, then that was a I, I, I should have played I should have played something with more uh, melodic intention. That's the trick is to play what you hear. And sometimes you have to stop because you don't hear anything. So that's that feels better. That's not that's not just my fingers moving. That's like my mind working. Yeah. Well, I was uh, just kind of going back to Van Halen. Uh, Eddie Van Halen always claimed there was a mistake in eruption. Did you ever figure out what that was? <laughs> oh, what would it be? I'm, I'm trying to, I mean, it's, it's, it's always fun to look for, for the mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I know what I mean. I mean, this, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if I recall a mistake, but when he goes like, uh, uh, like that, that note is kind of questionable. Oh, okay. But, but but it's but it's not you know it's it's, it's fine it never it never bothered me once but I, I it's it's a little bit shapey you know it's a little it happened because of the guitar not probably not because that's what he heard right but the guitars you're allowed yeah 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 <laughs> and anything less like like I'm the one where he's doing like the where it's it's real shapey you know and, and it's fast enough where the notes don't really matter it's not about pitch or melody it's about right. texture and and flow and those those are 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 perfect but if you actually like sat down and analyzed each note you might oh that note doesn't follow the scale or whatever and but it's not that's not that doesn't matter in that context so he no. he made great he made great choices that way you know yeah. he, he he, when something mattered, he did it right. When something didn't matter, it's like, ah, it doesn't matter. Right, right, right. Yeah. She was a seaside sitting 
just a smoking and a drinking on ringside On top of the world, oh yeah She had a drink in her hand, she had a toes in the sand Sand, all I need is a beautiful girl. 